Hi, I'm Clark Dunn, your host of the Beyond Rockets podcast. Huntsville, Alabama is primarily known for being the Rocket City because of its close association with the U.S. space mission. But Huntsville is so much more than that. Huntsville is home to many high-tech companies, entrepreneurs involved in interesting startups, talented creatives, and much, much more. My goal is to introduce you to some of these individuals that are taking Huntsville beyond the rocket. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. In this episode, I sit down and talk with the maker behind The Sugar Pusher, a local digital content creator and pastry chef. First off, thank you for taking the time to sit down and talking with me. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Allie Burnett. I am a digital content creator and a pastry chef and chocolatier, and I run Sugar Pusher. Are you originally from Huntsville, or did worker family bring you here? I am not originally from Huntsville. I grew up in Hawaii and Southern California, and family brought me here. That's, uh, it's cra- that's weird. That's crazy how far away you grew up and then Huntsville is now your home. <laughs> yes. Uh, w- w- did you enjoy living in Huntsville when you first moved here or was Huntsville kind of like a, oh, I hope I go somewhere else and it was kind of like a last minute resort kind of place? I was 17 when I moved here and I was very upset <laughs> um, because there wasn't much here. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm 35 now, so obviously I've been here a long time, but I was really traumatized when we moved here at first because I was 17 and I was used to living at the time I lived in Phoenix for about two years. And so I was used to having a lot of stuff at my fingertips. And when we moved here, we moved out by Gurley. actually. So I was in the middle of nowhere and I had no (laughs) idea what to do, but (laughs) I've stayed and I love it now. So uh, content creator is a big part of what you, uh, what your website says, what your Instagram says. Uh, can you mention a little bit about what you were doing prior to being a content creator? I know that your background's not necessarily originally in that or in like a field like marketing or um, photography, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of had a wild ride. I started out as a musician. I was a professional singer-songwriter, so I've had my music featured on a bunch of shows on MTV. Oh, wow. And I had fun with that, but when I was in my late 20s, I was really tired of the industry. It was really hard, and I was just like, I don't have any more to give this industry. So I was like, what am I going to do now? Because I've spent so much time focusing on being a musician. I skipped college. The only other thing that I loved was pastry and baking. And so... I just kept honing my skills, honing my skills. And my first job right out of the gate was the pastry chef at Cotton Row. Oh, wow. And so I had my own menu and it was a really awesome experience, but I decided to go more towards the corporate side so I can have health benefits and became a cake decorator for Whole Foods full time. Um, And then after that, I was like, okay, this is like destroying my love of being (laughs) in a kitchen. It was too much. And so I became a paralegal, a litigation paralegal. So I've had a lot of lives wow. in one life. <laughs> that is, that, that's crazy just to get the jumps and kind of the different places you have been in your life. Yeah. And then now to do what you do to now, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we'll talk more about it as, as, as we continue to go. But I, the transition is, is crazy. How, how hard was that transition from that typical nine to five to kind of the transition you do now with where you're your own boss and you can kind of make your own schedule? Like how tough was that when you first started? I think it wasn't too difficult for me because as a musician for so many years, I was really used to having to be self-motivated and keeping myself on schedule and, you know, kind of lining up my activities for the day and making sure I was making the most of my time. Um, So it wasn't super hard because I was really only in the nine to five world for about five years, but it, I had no choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So like last year, 
I had lost my paralegal job just before the pandemic hit. And I have an autoimmune disorder. So I was like in the house, in the house, not going out at all for almost a year. I've only just kind of started going in public Mm -hmm. to get groceries every (laughs) now and again. Um, So I really didn't have a choice when I decided, okay, I'm going to try my hand at content creation. It was just, I needed something to do because I was in the house all the time and I needed to keep myself sane. So was the skills that you learned um, being a pastry chef and kind of like that, that like always that love for that you've had, is that something you just been self-taught or did you have someone that kind of guided you throughout this journey that kind of helped make you into the pastry chef and chocolatier you are today? So I have been really lucky um, in my lifetime to make connections with really amazing, talented people. They seem to just, I, I seem to, we to be drawn together, right? With really creative, amazing people. Um, I am self-taught primarily. My chocolatiering, I went to school at Ecole Chocolat for, and the podcasters, <laughs> listeners can't see, but I have a couple of certificates on my wall. Um, it's an online chocolatiering school. Okay. And I have made a fantastic connection with other chocolatiers through that school. Like the ladies from Pizelles um, okay. actually also went to Ecole Chocolat. So um, that's been really helpful, but everything else has been self-taught. And then I've just had really kind people who, when I don't know something, I can go to them and they have an answer and they can help me learn something that I didn't already know. So when you first started the sugar pusher and kind of started creating these amazing looking first off, like the, <laughs> the, 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 the creations that you create and the content you were able to kind of build around that is fantastic. I mean, you're, you're making somebody like me always wants, always hungry whenever I see your post. <laughs> Did you, where did you first start selling your products? Did you, I've, I've seen some of your stuff at pop-ups and stuff like that. Is that kind of how you began or did you have a website when you first started that um, you were selling stuff? I actually, yeah, began with pop-ups and cottage food, um, running my cottage food business. So right now I've kind of taken, let that take the back seat, uh, because content creation has become full-time for me. Um, but yeah, I pretty much was doing pop-ups and just selling like individually, letting people take orders and mostly advertising through social media, not so much a website. Okay. And I, I, I know, I think I first saw your stuff, I think at offbeat, you, you had a pop-up there at one point and you kind of had some stuff there and I've, I've tried some of your stuff there. And <laughs> I mean, just your, your content creation, I think, I mean, the, the stuff you've created and I've tr- tried some of it, um, is fantastic, but the content and the the, the, the time that's put in behind the scenes, I bet is a, a, a huge part of what you do. Um, how much of your time do you think it's spent actually baking and how much of your time spent like creating that digital content? Um, I think the baking is really a small portion of it at this point. Uh, but something like a cake, you know, the bigger the cake, the more time that it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really the hardest part is getting used to Normally I just make a cake and I'm not having to stop and start my camera and change positions. <laughs> and so it, that's been the hardest part for me is it takes so much time that like yesterday, for example, I wanted to make some treats for you so that I could share them with you when you came. And I was like, I'm not filming this because this is going to take me <laughs> three times as long if I have to film it. And then I have to edit it on the back end. And I was like, I'll take some pictures tomorrow morning <laughs> and that's all it gets. I'm not making any videos. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, I mean, I, couldn't imagine the amount like did you think you always had that eye for content i mean because you said your background necessarily wasn't in that content creation or videography or editing or photography but you've been able to hone your skills and be really good at it do you think you've always had an eye for that or do you think that's something you've been able to develop over over the, the last year when you've had time to kind of practice i 
think I'm a naturally creative, artistic person. Um, so that definitely helps. And being passionate about something makes me feel more motivated to learn how to be good at it. Mm-hmm. But I was honestly terrified. And if you look <laughs> at the difference, I've got a blog post coming next week about the difference between my photos even just a year ago and my photos today because I've taken some time to really start learning how to edit, you know, how to style my shoots better and all of that. It's not just a point and shoot anymore. It's like I've got surface boards, I'm adding layers, I'm adding textures, I'm adding crumbs, I'm shooting overhead, I'm shooting at a certain time of day, only a natural light. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's something that I was terrified of doing. And right now I'm in the process of learning how to use a real camera. <laughs> and I got it for my birthday about a month and a half ago, but I still haven't even turned it on yet because I'm so scared of it. And I'm like, I already have so much stuff to do. How am I like, going to fit yeah, in learning how, this? <laughs> how, can I, how can I allot time to not bake, not already take pictures of my phone and learn something new? And it's yeah. like, I, I feel like being a content creator is always that way though. I mean, you're, there's always new things happening. There's always new, new perspectives people are wanting to see and you're always having to adapt to that. Do you think you could have done what you were doing today while doing another job? Or do you think it would, the success you've been able to have in this year was because you were at home and you had the chance to do it? Yeah, I 100%, I used to take orders um, in my cottage food business while working full-time as a litigation paralegal. And that was too much. It was too much to the point where like, I'd have a wedding cake and I would have to take time off work because I need days to do a wedding Mm -hmm. cake. And then I have to drive that wedding cake a lot of times an hour away. And so I just, I couldn't do it. If I were working full-time doing other things, there's no way it would work for me, but it, I've, felt really fortunate and that's been my silver lining right like I look at it one way as oh it's really terrible having been stuck at home (laughs) for this long and we've had to push off our wedding three times and you know it's been so stressful but at the same time it's like wow look at this baby that I've made (laughs) this content baby that I've made and all the things I've accomplished in just a year and a half yeah which is insane yeah it's incredible so one part of your success that I think is very interesting for a local um, creator and a local entrepreneur in Huntsville is that your TikTok success has been a huge I mean it's a huge part of your content creation uh, making videos on TikTok becoming having over a hundred thousand uh, followers on TikTok how has TikTok's success rolled over to your other other parts of success have you been able to see the growth on tiktok roll over to sales or roll over to followers or just connections so the most interesting thing for me is that i have a hard time converting my tiktok followers to my instagram Mm -hmm. audience right and like i want to drive them to my instagram and to my blog but it's really difficult to get that conversion but the thing that tiktok does for me personally is connects me with a lot of brands because brands are out there they're like okay, we're kind of getting sick of Instagram. We know TikTok is the next thing and we need to adapt to TikTok Mm -hmm. to be able to get our brand out there. And so I've had a lot of brands approach me, like brands that I would have never dreamed of working with in a million years that I like worship (laughs) the ground (laughs) that they walk on. And they're like, can we send you something? Can you try it? Do you want to make a video? Like, like, of course. And I'm like, yeah, me? Like, are you sure you have the right person? It's so funny. (laughs) So for me, it's really about getting the brands and getting that work and getting that paid work working with brands that's my bread and butter at the moment yeah and and, i mean your ability to be consistent and put out content on a regular basis i mean i know that like as someone who does a lot of marketing work myself i mean consistency is a huge part of 
anything on social media. If that means TikTok videos, if that means Instagram posts, I mean, consistency, algorithms love that. How has being able to create content on TikTok to then being able to push it to Instagram Reels been so helpful for you and being able to kind of create content once but use it in a lot of different ways? So what's interesting about that is that that's the thing I do with companies too, right? Is like, we'll make something and I'll edit it one way for TikTok, then I'll edit it another way for Reels. And then, well, now we have 60 second Reels at least, Mm -hmm. so it's a little easier, but most companies still want to keep it 30 seconds or less. But it's great because a lot of companies that I work with will allow me to make something and for them, but then post it on my page. So it's double the content. It's like they get what they want. And then I also have something to put on my page so that it's going every single Mm -hmm. day. So you mentioned a little bit about just your journey and the amount of different jobs and different roles you've been able to work with, being an artist, being a paralegal, being a chef, being this, being that. Did you think you always had an entrepreneurial mindset and that one day whatever you would end up doing would be your own thing? Or did that never really cross your mind until this last year? I have always been a very independent person. Um, I've always been a little bit different. Um, And that's always been noticeable for me growing up. So like when I was a kid, I grew up mostly in Hawaii and I was very, very fair skinned, very nerdy, (laughs) um, always in choir, theater, poetry club, speech and essay club. So like I didn't fit in. So I was more like to myself doing my art and practicing my skills. And when I did try to work in like the corporate world or work for other people, I was really miserable. Like (laughs) I just don't have that that kind of discipline where I I'm very disciplined with myself Mm -hmm. you know when it's my own thing and I really have something at stake but I really don't like working for other people (laughs) and it's just always been that way yeah so and I guess like your passions throughout the years have kind of almost led you to like doing what you do now I mean you're you're being an artist I think is I think being an artist itself is being is the biggest entrepreneur you can be um, I think because you're branding yourself, your name, your music. I mean, it's the biggest entrepreneur. I mean, it's the toughest thing to do. I think branding for yourself is almost like the toughest. That's what I find. Even when I'm creating content for other people, creating content for myself is the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think that's crazy just to see the journey and how ultimately what you do now has kind of been a culmination of everything you've done throughout the years. And that's like, now I get to do this full time. I'm my own boss. I get to wake up when I want to or schedule meetings when I want to and all that, all that fun stuff. What is something that you know now in this um, entrepreneurial journey that you wish you would have known when you first started Sugar Pusher? I wish I would have started it sooner. Like I wish I would have had the confidence several years ago to go, you know what? No, I know that I can do this, but I don't think that would have worked pre TikTok. Like Mm -hmm. I, I owe everything that I have right now to my success on TikTok as a content creator on TikTok. So I think it all just kind of happened at the right time. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but (laughs) for me, it's like, I think I've always, I've always needed to be an artist. That's who I am at my core. And this is a way for me to do art in a way that also enables me to like do other things and, you know, work with companies I like. And I just think I've always been meant to do that and do my own thing. And yeah, I don't think I could have done it. I wish that that's what I would have known. Like, yeah, just do it and you can be (laughs) successful at it. But also at at the same end, it's like, would it have worked? 
four years ago, five years ago, pre-TikTok? Yeah. I don't think so. And I think there's like, you know, there's a lot of things to be said about just the timing of when things happen. I mean, I think like if you would have gotten a glimpse of what today looked like, then you'd have been like, oh, of course I would have done it. Like that's, yeah. a, that, that's a no-brainer. Like why, why wouldn't you not show me that 10 years prior to that? Like, yeah. I, like why? Like, come on now. Like, but I think there's things in your life that you like have to experience before something like this can happen. Yeah. And I think there's like, there's skills you learned probably even a year before you started this that are helpful today. Yeah. And there's also a ton of skills you don't know now that you're going to learn next year. Yeah. So I, looking at, I think for a small business owner, TikTok is one of those things that a lot of small business owners kind of put to push to the side right now. They don't see the success it can bring to somebody that's local. They see it being a kind of a franchise sort of thing. Like, uh, big companies use it or uh, influencers use it, but me as a small business, I shouldn't use it. What, what advice would you give to a small business owner that is thinking about TikTok either creates, um, either there be, that'd be a restaurant or that'd be a um, local good they make and they're not necessarily sure that they want to get into TikTok and not necessarily sure what the success might be for them. Oh, I have so many opinions on this and I'm so glad you asked <laughs> because there are a lot of companies and I've worked with some of them that have been really focused on Instagram and not focused on anything else. You know, maybe they're like Instagram and Facebook, but TikTok is the future. There will be another TikTok eventually. Mm -hmm. I know Instagram is trying to be TikTok, but it's not, I have a feeling it's not going to work yeah. for them. People, content creators especially, don't want to be doing videos across two apps because they still need to be somewhat different, right? Yeah. So it just makes more work for us. And a lot of my content creator friends, especially the ones that do what I do, we like photos. We like taking photos. Mm -hmm. We like having that photo grid. So I think Instagram's going to find themselves in hot water with that one. But don't sleep on TikTok. If you're a small business, don't be afraid of it. It's an awesome resource. Like a year ago, I wouldn't have thought much of anything. Like when I first started TikTok, it was one of my beautiful <laughs> Gen Z friends that was like, you've got to get on TikTok. And I'm like, girl, I'm too old for that. Nobody wants me on TikTok. And <laughs> she was like, just make baking tutorials. Yeah. Just trust me. And within a couple of months, I started seeing, you know, having million plus view videos. So with TikTok, it's so different from Instagram that you really have a lot more of a shot at success as long as you post consistently. Mm -hmm you can have the most random thing take off on TikTok. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And it can make your brand get really big almost overnight if you're putting the work into it. It only takes one video. Like yeah. last week I had maybe 150,000 followers. This week I have 190,000, I think, because I had one video get almost 9 million views <laughs> oh my in a week now, just under a week. So it's... Like nothing changed between the videos you put out. It's nothing just like you, you just have that one video that hits. It's the one video that gets a lot of engagement. That's the thing with TikTok, right? Like, and it was a super, it's always like my most innocent video <laughs> that people are like, nope, I don't, you've got an opinion on that. I don't like that. We're going to engage. But then it's also just like, okay, I can ignore these yeah, silly like, th comments. Th thanks for engaging. <laughs> just keep engaging with it. Keep getting angry about me scraping frosting off a cake. Because you're just building my brand yeah. as you're doing it. That's, that's I mean, like I've I've messed around with TikTok personally, just being able to showcase some local businesses themselves on TikTok and kind of bring bring awareness. And I had one video. Uh, it's, it's been a while ago, and because like, I I don't be as consistent as I wish I could be, but I had one video that got like twenty thousand views, and I like I remember seeing it, 
and just being like, like telling my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, like, oh my gosh, I have a thousand, <laughs> I have 10,000, I have 20,000 views, I have 30, like, this is, this is like insane. And it's like one of those things that like the next video you get like a hundred. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, like, I think it's like not getting disappointed from every single video, but putting in the work to create that many videos. That's the biggest thing with TikTok is you have to accept that there's going to be disappointment and that unless you're one of like the top few in TikTok mm-hmm. with the you know, the prized blue check mark, like even some of those content creators don't get consistent yeah. views. And I have, let's say on the heels of that almost 9 million views video, <laughs> my last video only did 4,000 views. Yeah. So, it, and I have enough followers that it should push them out. But if the engagement's not there, it's just not going to work. TikTok doesn't push it out. And it could be a perfectly good video, <laughs> but it might not hit. Like that's also the thing with TikTok, right? It has 90 days to hit with TikTok. So they suggest that you don't delete anything if it doesn't do well right away. It can still pick up later if they push it out to an audience again and people start yeah. engaging, which has happened to me quite a few times. So I say with TikTok, just keep that disappointment in check because it's <laughs> going to be there. You're going to have days where you barely get any views, but if you just keep posting, it's like just throw stuff at the wall until it sticks. Yeah. And if your content isn't ever working at all, keep trying different things. Yeah. And don't, don't count on doing the same thing twice working because it doesn't. TikTok yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> it, 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 it's crazy. And I think that like, the consistency is a big part of any, any sort of marketing thing that a small business might be listening that wants to do. I think being able to build consistency, you're going to have those duds. I mean, that's what I call them. I, I, like, you're like, I put in all the work. This is like <laughs> the best picture. This is the best captions. This is clever. This is funny. It's going to go viral. And then you post it and then it just nothing. You just hear crickets and I've been there and it's just, it is the most defeating moment. You're like, Oh, I I should just stop this. This is, this is, this is not what I should be doing. Um, and I think just continuing to fight through that and being able to create content on a consistent basis, um, success comes. And I I think you're evident of it. I, your, your content is incredible and your food's incredible and the pictures are incredible. So it's just, it's all built this kind of, um, portfolio around what you're able to do. And, um, you mentioned a little bit about your blog and this kind of that role that it plays within your um, content creation, being a digital content a, a di- digital uh, content creator. How has that been? And how's that kind of uh, following increased? And how has your willingness to put those out? I mean, I, I think blogs nowadays are almost seen as not necessarily as important, but I think there's a lot of value that they do bring. How has your success with a blog um, looked like over this last year? So I actually only just started blogging very recently. Um, I just got my website up and I was, I wasn't going to do a blog. I was just going to use my website for promotional purposes. And then I was like, you know what? I really personally like blogging. I like putting a recipe up on a blog and I like talking about my experiences as a content creator because I do know a lot of other people that are either, you know, on the same following level as me or smaller, less followers or bigger but there's still things that we know. There's a trade-off of information. I might know something that somebody with even four times the followers as me doesn't. So I like putting that information on my blog because it's just a little bit, I really like writing. I enjoy it. It feels nice to me to be able to blog. Um, It's not like the best blog in the world. It's not (laughs) not a $2,000 Broma Bakery food photography (laughs) school template blog. Like, I can't figure out how to put a jump to recipe button on it, which is really (laughs) annoying, but they're usually not terribly long winded. It's usually something like recipes that I create for companies. So like 
when I work with Five Farms Irish Cream or their sister brand Tequila Rose, like I'm putting those recipes mm-hmm. up there so that people have easy access to them because sometimes people on TikTok don't want to read the captions on your screen and pause right. it, right? They want to go somewhere where they can see it in front of them mm-hmm. because it's much easier, yeah. right? So TikTok's not made to read things. No. It's made to just entertain <laughs> and be quick. Like, yeah. oh, that's, that's exciting. Let me listen to that. Or that's a great sound. Or that's a great this. I just want to watch it. I just want to be entertained and watch. Yeah, and there are definitely times where I'm on TikTok and I see a recipe, but I'm like, no, 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 that's going too fast. That's going. To, I need to like go to the website. Is there a recipe? Like Sugar Geek Show is really good about that. Liz Merrick, she has like a wonderful website with all of her recipes on it. And so she'll do something fun on TikTok and then I know I can go to her website and get that recipe. So I'm still trying to like hone my blogging skills a little. <laughs> it's, it's kind of bare bones at the moment. Like it's not a very technically laid out blog because I'm really not good <laughs> at like like doing that sort of thing, like computer stuff is not, (laughs) that's not my gig. So, um, I'm trying to use, I use like the GoDaddy website builder. If that tells you (laughs) anything about where I'm at with my blog, but just trying to navigate learning how to do it. It just, it's more of a passion project than anything else. I think kind of having those, those things, those like ways that you're able to create content that are just passion projects. You're not doing them to kind of get views or become famous or get seen. You're doing them because you generally enjoy them. And I think being able to balance those things that like the TikTok videos and the hours you spend doing that with a blog that is time consuming, but you're also really enjoying it, I think makes those really high tough days better. And those, it, it helps being an entrepreneur and helps you kind of mentally prepare for what you have to do. Yeah. Um, I think being an entrepreneur, it's sometimes tough to kind of find that work-life balance. You find that you're, especially when you're baking at home, your life is the job, you're going to it. Even if you're not having to go anywhere, you're still putting in the hours, putting in the work with meetings and this, that, and the other. How do you find a balance between work and play and being (laughs) able to actually, you know, have those moments where you're able to relax and not think about the, the views and the comments and this, that, or the other and kind of like disconnect, or are you able to? You're, you can't see my face because I'm wearing two masks, but I'm laughing under the mask <laughs> because what is relaxation, first of all? Like any of the normal things, all the normal things I would do to relax, I can't do right now, right? So like one of my favorite things is like getting my hair done. Yeah, I know how it sounds, but I like getting my hair done and I can't go do that, right? Like I can't go get a manicure. I can't go get a massage, which is like one of the few things that brings me relief from my chronic pain. So I'm stuck in here, but I have to be creative. Like we'll go for walks in the neighborhood. We'll go for hikes on, we've got the wild trail, mm-hmm. wildflower trail right down the street. I love that one in three caves, which is nice. Um, we'll go out. We've got an electric scooter that we both ride on, me and my <laughs> fiance, and it's really fun. Um, but it is really hard for me to disconnect. And I do get scolded sometimes around the house because I can't stop looking at my phone because I'm like, there's always something to look at. There's always a comment to respond to. And I am still working on getting better about like taking time off, especially on the weekends, um, which I did last weekend. I was like, okay, this video is doing really well on TikTok, and the, some of the comments are really stupid and really mean, <laughs> and it it does affect me, right? I'm yeah. like, yay engagement, but I'm also like, that's not what I really wanted. Uh, I'm like, I don't want people to be mean. I'm not doing anything here, but <laughs> yeah. you're still finding a way to be mean, and so I'm like, I get, I take it very personally, and so I just took the weekend off from TikTok. I was like. I'm not creating for TikTok. I'm not watching TikTok, which was really hard. I made it one day. And then the next day I was like, I have to post a video. (laughs) (laughs) But I did okay. So it's just trying to find that balance because it is really difficult. I'm at home all the time. 
So it's just like, well, I'm here all the time. I should be creating all the time. Yeah. So I'm trying to get better about that because it's really hard. <laughs> Over this last year of you being an uh, entrepreneur, being a small business owner, starting Sugar Pusher, how much of your success would you contribute to hard work and how much of it would you contribute to being at the right place at the right time? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I really don't know. I think it all starts with the hard work. For me personally, I think the right place, right time thing is definitely relevant to, you know, being stuck in the house during a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> so that much of it is, is luck or whatever. Uh, but the rest of it is just hard work and being consistent, like you said, and just keeping on top of it, being dedicated to it, you know, posting things, getting better at photos, tagging brands that I want to work with, like, doing free videos for brands so that they eventually want to work with me, stuff like that. It, it's all just work and mm -hmm. it's just, it's all work all the time. <laughs> Being your own boss often means you have to make tough decisions. How do you go about making these decisions to ensure the best possible outcome? Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I kind of just go with how I'm feeling. So like I did have a tough decision recently if you've seen a lot of my content, you know that I'm obsessed with sprinkles, right? <laughs> I mean, obviously I have legally trademarked the name sugar pusher. So I love sprinkles. I love it. They make me so happy. <laughs> and I had a sprinkle company reach out to me and they were like, look, you know, we'd love to work with you for the next four months. Here's a guaranteed pay rate for this many videos a month. And you get free product and this and that for the holidays but you can't work with any other sprinkle companies. You can't put any other sprinkles on any other desserts. Besides for, ours. Yeah, oh besides ours for four months. And I was like, Ooh. I was like, there's this other brand that I really love that like is going to release, a, you know, an advent calendar. And I had fun with it last year. What do I do? I have so many other sprinkles too that I don't want to go to waste. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go where the money is. Yeah. And, you know, with the opportunity, right? Because yeah. for me, it's an opportunity for more people to see my content, guaranteed reposts and stuff like that. So I just, I just made the decision. I was like, <laughs> I slept on it for the night. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do this because yeah. this is such a cool opportunity. Yeah. So the opportunities don't come and go very, like they, they come and go quick. You got to just jump on it and go for it. Yeah. Especially with this, it's like the opportunity to get paid doing this because a lot of us create a lot of content that we never see a dime for. Right. But we love doing it yeah. in some way. So we do it, but to have the opportunity, like that's a company too, by the way, that I really wanted to work with this time last year. And I would have given my left foot to like <laughs> make one video for them. And now it's like, Hey, we want you to make so many videos for us a month. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, this is crazy. Like just to, just to see how quickly you've been able to grow and be able to be seen by people. And then people now reach out to you is just, it's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who's looking at starting their own business, but not really sure what the, like how to take that first step? Don't be afraid to take the first step, put the time in to research it, make sure it's something that you really want to do. And let, if you're passionate about something, don't be afraid to let the passion shine through. Like I think there's so much pressure and expectation in our society to graduate high school, go to college, get a nine to five as soon as you get out <laughs> of college, you know, do that internship while you're in college, get a good job right off the bat. Like there are a lot of people in the world who don't follow that path, who, you know, create amazing things when they stop trying to follow the path and start following their path because mm -hmm. we're not all on the same one and that's perfectly okay. 
So I think my biggest piece of advice is don't be afraid to walk on your own path. Because if you do, what is the world missing out on that only you have to offer? Like, look at Jenny's ice creams. Like, she's very, Jenny is a very entrepreneurial person. She does a lot of work with teaching people how to be entrepreneurs. She's very passionate about um, having people owning their own businesses instead of, you know, working for other companies. And she's so supportive of that community. And she makes some of the best ice cream I've ever had <laughs> with wild flavors, like the everything bagel flavor that they sent me earlier this year to taste test. Yeah. That was actually really good because <laughs> I was talking about it on TikTok and I was like, this is not good. Why would you make this? And they were like, well, we'll send it to you and you can see. And, and you're I was like, like, oh, wow. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> and then I found myself eating it every day because she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Like, but if she wouldn't have started her own business, we wouldn't have the blessing that is Jenny's ice cream. So yeah. think about what you have to offer and be confident with that decision. How can people connect with the sugar pusher and support you in what you're doing? Um, just my main thing right now is follow me on Instagram. I'm still trying to grow my audience. So like I said, TikTok is great. I'm doing great over there. But Instagram's a lot harder to grow on. Their algorithm is really difficult if you're a smaller creator. Um, so I'm at Sugar Pusher on Instagram. I'm at Sugar Pusher on TikTok. And my blog is at www.sugarpusher.net. Well, thank you again for sitting down and talking with me. It's been great learning more about your story and the journey it is to become Sugar Pusher and being a digital content creator. <laughs> uh, and I continue to look forward to your success you'll have in the future in Huntsville and on social media for years to come. Well, thank you so much for being here and having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date on the new episodes and the events that are going on in Huntsville. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed.